Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Do you bleed green? Are you an ultimate Eagles football fan? Well, you're in the right place. Well, you're in the right place. This is Bird 365, hosted by the new Mac and Mac, Jody McDonald and John McMullen. And here we go, here we go! Who collectively have covered and talked about more than 50-plus years of Eagles football. Kick off your day with Birds 365. You'll get debate. We love to argue. You'll get the real story from inside the locker room. And you'll hear from some of the great football minds from around the region. You're about to become an Eagles insider. Get in the game. Join Jody Mack and Johnny Mack and join the football community that flocks to Birds 365. Birds 365 starts right now. Welcome to the NFL. Let's go! Let's go! Go! And a good morning, Birds fans. It is a championship week football Friday. Doesn't get any better than this. Oh, unless, of course, we're doing a show two weeks from now and talking about the Eagles in the Super Bowl. But we need to get there first. We need to get two hours of good Eagle conversation in with you here on the Jacob Media YouTube channel. John McMullen, <laughs> Jody McDonald, a.k.a. Macamac. We've got uh, half a Mac and Mac today. Johnny Mac's got to run over to uh, the Novacare Complex for his last media session before the big game. So we get double B, Barrett Brooks, in here in hour number two. You were over there yesterday. You're going to be over there again today. I guess the highlight of yesterday, not only did Avante Maddox participate in practice, he looked pretty good out there on the field, didn't he, Johnny Mac? Yeah, he did. Uh, looked uh, like he was full speed. Looked like he wasn't having any issues, and that's a uh, that's a big uh, that's a big get back for a big game. So I think it's uh, really important. We'll see. He wouldn't confirm if he was going to play. Obviously, you know how the Eagles are with these types of situations. But hey, I mean, there's no reason he shouldn't play. Uh, I, I think it would be really bold to say, "Oh, let's give him another." couple weeks for the Super Bowl uh all hands on deck if you can play in this type of game so 
Um, I would expect to see Avante Maddox uh, out there. Wouldn't surprise me if the Eagles say questionable on the final injury report, which will be out this afternoon. But, you know, who knows? We might show up and Nick says, yep, he's a go. He's going to play. Um, uh, you never know. Right? You never know. You never know. But I, I think he's going to play. I think the Eagles do play. like that competitive advantage, however long they think they can keep it, which means they'll probably hold off till uh, Sunday when the activated players will be named. But off what he looked like yesterday, uh, looks like he's going to be in the mix. It's a tough thing to come back from any injury after being off. Uh, we talk all the time on this show, on others, wherever, about the debate between rest and rust and how you balance the two and which – any chance there's some rust on Avante Maddox because he hasn't played in more than a month? Yeah, there's a chance. I mean, December 24th is when he got injured uh, Christmas Eve in Dallas. So, you know, there's a chance. Uh, but, you know, I think you weigh the risk benefit and, and uh, you know, what's, what's the option? The other option is they've kind of, you know, whittled it down to having C.J. Gardner-Johnson play that sort of hybrid role and then put Reed Blankenship in at safety when he's playing slot corner, which I think the CJ part of that is fine. You know, I I think Reed Blankenship has played well, but I I don't think there's any world you would say, well, I'd rather have Reed Blankenship on the field than Avante Maddox. So, and and I think, you know, the fact that Avante Maddox and CJ Gardner-Johnson can both toggle back and forth from the slot and safety. I think that gives Jonathan Gannon an extra card against a very young quarterback. So you can start playing games, uh, you know, and I don't, I don't think it would matter against a Tom Brady or somebody like that. If they were in that game, he's not going to be fooled, but I think he could fool a young quarterback. And if he thinks, you know, Avante Maddox is playing slot corner, and all of a sudden, right before the snap, you 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 know, Avante races back. Uh, CJ plays the slot, or vice versa. I think that 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 could be an competitive advantage that you wouldn't have with a Reed Blankenship, who you know when he's in the game, he's going to play safety. It's just a matter of post safety or or if he's in the box. So, yeah, I, I mean, he's a better player, and you want your better players on the field. Agreed. And another reason why, at least for me, this is a stone cold key is, uh, John, I just have the, the the feeling that this game may very well be decided by who gets the big turnover. These two teams are so evenly matched. Advantage Eagles because it's in their house and the leather lung fans will be there from the get go straight through to the final whistle. And yes, that is going to make it more difficult on Brock Purdy but it may come down to who makes either the big mistake or the big play, uh, just perfect read on a pass, tipping up in the air. Somebody else gets their hands on it. Uh, these are two teams that have been plus all year long in the plus minus category. The 49ers finished up as number one. The Eagles finished up as number three. Why do I get the feeling that whoever gets the big turnover, whoever's the plus in the plus minus category for this game is going to win this game. Um, you know, I, I mean, that's all the Eagles talk about, right? They talk about, you know, two categories, turnovers and, and explosive plays. So, you know, they believe it as well. 
if you win those two categories, you're probably going to win the game. Um, and it turns out that, you know, well over 90% of the time that is correct. So, um, yeah, I mean, especially these are the two most well-rounded teams in football. These are, these two teams are more well-rounded than the AFC teams. Um, they're very good. They're, there's only two teams that have a top five offense and a top five defense. They're playing Sunday at Lincoln Financial Field. That sums it up. They're both really good on both sides of the football. So, yeah, the team that plays the cleaner game is probably going to win the game. And I like the Eagles' chances there, even though, as you pointed out, San Francisco's number one. They're number one um, when it comes to turnover ratio. But, you know, Jalen Hurts has proven throughout this entire season he's going to take care of the football. Uh, he's going to take care of the football. And, you know, young quarterback in, in the Roman Coliseum, <laughs> which I think, you know, that place is going to be uh, – amped up to say the least you know common sense would say there might be more issues yeah from the communication aspect too even if you want to take away uh um the the youth of the quarterback and the inexperience of the quarterback you know san francisco's the team that's got to communicate in 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 the loud environment now sometimes and the eagles have tried to get this across this week by the way jody if any fans are watching and, and thinking, you know, when the Eagles offense has the ball, calm down, you know, lower the volume because they had to go a few times to silent counts because it was so loud against the Giants. And they want to let people know, you know, all right, when we have the ball, you know, just temper it a little bit so we can communicate. But they're amped up enough that it does uh, bleed over a little bit. Yeah, uh, yeah. It could, it could very well. Account. Yeah, could very well affect the Eagles. We'll have to see about that. All right. Um, here's another question I have for you before we get up our first guest. We got two good ones coming for you today. Mike Sealski, lead sports columnist for the Philadelphia Inquirer, is going to get in here in hour number one, about ten minutes from now, and in an hour two. Jason Dumas is going to join us. He's the sports anchor for KRON, uh, Channel 4, out in San Francisco. Uh, so he's reporting about the 49ers. He's a Philly guy. He's been a Philly guy all his life who's moved out to the West Coast, still comes back here to go to the Jersey and Delaware Shores during the summer. So we're going to have to get him on record as to we won't tell anybody who he's actually rooting for, but uh, Jason's, Jason's going to join us in hour number two. Get up pretty damn early to do so uh, from San Francisco. Another key aspect to this game, Johnny Mac, I think is going to be the Eagles' ability to run the football. You've watched every single game they've played this year, and I think it's pretty simple to say. The Eagles are at their best when they're balanced when they're both running and throwing the football. We like to make a lot about run-pass ratio here in this town and the dominant aspect of physicality and winning the uh, battle in the trenches and dictating your will to the other team, which is all uh, nice and, and, and accurate. 
but the National Football also in 2023 is a passing league. The days of just running it down other teams' throats. Or not, when you have a mismatch, like the Eagles' offensive line against the Giants' defense last week. Yeah, you can do that and run for 260 yards. Guess what? I'm taking the under 260 for the Eagles rushing this week against that 49er defense. Not happening the same way it did last week which means it's going to need to be, if the Eagles are going to win a balanced offense, they're going to have to both run it and throw it. I have faith that Jalen Hurts is going to make some plays down the field. The Eagles' three stud receivers, including Dallas Goddard, they're not going to get shut out. They're going to make some plays. Can the Eagles run the football against this 49er defense to be a balanced Um, I think they can. I think they can run it against anybody, uh, to be honest. Now, you're right. I'm going under 260. <laughs> if that were going to place the over under, San Francisco gives up, I think, 77 yards a game or something like that on the ground. I think they're going over that. Over 77? Uh, yeah. All right. So, you know, the question is where in the middle do they get? Mm-hmm. If they're at 125, 130, 140, I think you're fine. If they're at 90, uh, 95, I don't think you're fine. Um, so I think that's sort of the battle. Um, yeah, but the Eagles running game is different than everybody else. So when you when you say, you know, because of the plus one, not everybody, because obviously there's certain teams, uh, Chicago, but they're not a good football team. Uh, Baltimore, when Lamar Jackson is healthy, you know, the plus one makes the difference because it becomes a math equation like all of sports has become. And, and you can't account for it. That's why they say plus one. You can't account for uh, Jalen Hurts in the running game um, in, in traditional, you know, gap schemes, what everybody plays. Yeah, everybody's got a gap. And all of a sudden there's an extra guy and here he comes and he's got uh, the ability to run the football like Jalen Hurts. So we've already seen um, – Everything's back on the table from the Giants game. Now, we didn't necessarily see the effectiveness of it because, well, A, it wasn't needed um, in, 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 from the quarterback. Um, and, and maybe it's needed here, maybe it isn't. But I do think the Eagles create problems. So, in other words, what I'm trying to say is people say, well, San Francisco only gives up 77 yards. Well, the majority of their games are against traditional teams that don't have that plus one. So it changes. You automatically pump it up 30 yards, something like that. And and that to me becomes the demarcation line of, you know, how good is the running game? And then the, the ratio, as you point out, and I say all the time, look, if the Eagles are up two touchdowns in the second half, the ratio is going to look phenomenal. If they're down 10 points, the ratio, people are going to be complaining about it on Monday. What are you throwing the football for? While we're losing, we're trying to catch up and, and make you happy. Um, so that's what the modern NFL is. You pass to get the lead. You run to close the game. And that's what the Eagles always want to do. Always, always, always want to do. And last week, Kenny Gainwell had the uh, probably best game of his career. Some of it came late, but Gainwell made big plays in the first half as well. I don't want to say it was all by all, all by the way stats that he put up in the second half. But you still expect Miles to be the number one guy, right? Oh, when the God, day is over yeah. and done with. Yeah, I mean, it's not even a debate. I mean, Nick Sirianni said that from 
day one when back in training camp there were a couple days where Miles was taking second team reps and he got I upset about that. it. <laughs> and he got upset about it. Which that, was he a, that was a big deal for it was uh, just factually it, it was factually correct, but the Eagles were just rotating in their backs, you know, and sometimes the rotation up up front or a quarterback is different from the rotation of the back. So you're just kind of running people through. I mean, he said that day, Miles is our guy, Miles is our guy, Miles is our guy. And Miles is their guy. I mean, Kenny Gainwell's the third down back and the hurry up back. So that's his role. That's his role. Now, you know, in the second half against the Giants, yeah, it was a lot of, oh, by the way, statistics. It wasn't important. Game was over. Um, but yeah, I mean, they're not gonna, they're not gonna lean on, on Kenny Gainwell. Miles is going to be the guy. Miles is the guy. And, uh, but Miles has not, you know, been that third down back that you can count on. And by the way, that's not as important as it is for most teams like Christian McCaffrey on the other side. He's got his injury issues, but he said he's going to play no doubt about it. Um, he's a phenomenal pass catcher out of the backfield. Talked about this a lot when Kenny Gainwell's coming out of college. Everybody's, well, this guy's a great natural receiver. He actually is. You haven't really seen it because Jalen doesn't use outlet receivers that much. And he doesn't need to because he's going to pick up 15 yards. And maybe if you dump it off to the running back, he gets seven or eight. Um, so he doesn't do it that much as, you know, a, a, a Brock Purdy will do, or even more so a, a pocket passer that doesn't have a lot of mobility. Uh, they're just going to dump it off to the back. And those are the guys that get big catches and big yardage. Um, with the Eagles, it's not as important. Now, the hurry-up portion is, and, you know, I've debated, let's at least try to give Miles Sanders some more opportunities in that type of role but they haven't done it all season they're not going to do it now so yeah. they have you know defined clearly defined roles don't bank on the mile six catch game that's not coming and oh by the way another thing sorry to say eagle fans not coming i know he scored touchdowns in the last two games but boston scott scores his touchdowns against the giants this, <laughs> yeah, yeah this is the 49er <laughs> defense i don't think i'd be playing the anytime boston scott touchdown. you made money on it you made bank on it the last two weeks keep it uh or or use it elsewhere on the eagles 49ers if boston scott scores a touchdown we'll be here on birds 365 it will be my pleasure to eat some crow yeah, I don't think Boston Scott's getting into the end zone. Uh, he's John McMullen. I'm Jody McDonald. We are the Mac and Mac guys here on Birds 365. Coming up next, we're going to talk to Mike Sealski, lead sports columnist for the Philadelphia Inquirer. Get his thoughts on the game Sunday between the 49ers and the Eagles. It's going to be a great one, and we're talking about it here on Birds 365. Hey, Eagles fans. Tom Giordano from Pondley Hockey Giordano. Who's ready to get another one of these? But first, we got to take care of business and beat the 49ers this Sunday. Look, we know ticket prices are super expensive and really hard to get, so we're giving you an opportunity to win two free tickets to the NFC Championship game. So go to our Instagram right now for your chance to win two free tickets to the NFC Championship game this Sunday. And as always, thanks for watching the Pondley Hockey Post Game Show. Go Birds!
Jeff D'Ambrosio doesn't need a special event to appreciate his customers. Jeff shows his appreciation to them every day of the year. Jeff makes sure to stock more new inventory than anyone and guarantees prices and payments that nobody can beat. There are so many reasons that thousands of customers know Jeff is the easy, friendly place to do business. More for their trades. No judgment zone for credit issues. The best, most reliable service department in the country. That's why I like Jeff, and I know you will too. Jeff will satisfy you every day. Jeff D'Ambrosio, Destination Downingtown, Owner Appreciation Event. My name is uh, Francoeno, and I'm a managing director here at DelVal Insurance Group. Been in the business for over 36 years, saving people money on their insurance needs. Give us a call. Let us help you custom design an insurance plan that meets both your needs and budget. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Post Game Show with Seth Joyner. I knew that they had a running game. Derek Gunn. He has put in the effort. Devin Caney. Had we not won the Super Bowl, what would we be saying? And Mike Missanelli. Well, you know how Philly is. Post Game, now streaming on the 6ABC family of apps. Appreciate you streaming in here on Birds 365 with your Mac and Mac guys, McMullen and McDonald. We are joined by one of our illustrious uh, commentary, uh, commenters, our co-workers, our guys that uh, we like hanging out with. He works with John McMullen in the uh, press box down on Sundays at Lincoln Financial Field. He works with my buddy, Glenn Macnow, on Saturdays on WIP. Uh, Mike Sielski joins us here on Birds 365. Uh, Mr. Silski, here's where I want to start. Tough question to begin. Is there a coaching staff ma- advantage in this matchup? Entire staffs, not just head coach, head coach, but the Eagles staff against the 49ers staff. Do you think one has an edge over the other? I'm not sure about that, Jody. Uh, you know, the, it's a very intriguing matchup up and down the board, and the coaching staffs are one of the reasons it's so intriguing. Uh <clears throat> You know, we know the 49ers are kind of a unique team on offense in that basically you can take virtually any quarterback and put him into Kyle Shanahan's offense, and the offense can, generally speaking, run fairly well, and that's a testament to Shanahan. We also know that D'Amico Ryans is, you know, 95% certain going to be a head coach <laughs> once the 49ers season ends uh, because he's been that good defensively, and, we, and we've seen what... Nick Sirianni and Jonathan Gannon have done all season, and that doesn't even get into special teams and position coaches and all that kind of stuff. So uh, I'm not sure there is an advantage. I I call it a push. Uh, If it is a push, Mike, you know the disrespect people show to Philadelphia. Nick Sirianni is not a finalist for Coach of the Year, but Kyle Shanahan is. Um, 
what do you make of all the and Hassan Reddick and everybody else and the disrespect shown for the city of Philadelphia? Yeah, look, John, um, <laughs> it, it is in our DNA as if you're an Eagles fan to play this card uh, or, you know, if you're a Sixers fan or a Phillies fan, Philadelphia is always being disrespected. Uh, and I don't think this is necessarily anything more other than an acknowledgement that Howie Roseman may have had the offseason of his life. Uh, in terms of building this yeah. roster uh, and that the Eagles themselves, you know, did a lot of great things, whether you're talking about uh, Jalen Hurts' development, how much of that goes on the coaching staff, how much of that goes on Hurts himself, uh, you know, the acquisitions we've talked about, the improvements that certain players have made, uh, all of that. So is, Philly, is Philadelphia getting dissed, so to speak? I think in a situation like this, John, I think most Eagles fans want to hear that the Eagles are awesome, that they blew out the Giants, <laughs> yeah. and that uh, we, meaning the analysts who appear each day on ESPN and Fox Sports and talk radio stations around the country and online and all that, believe that the Eagles will destroy the 49ers. That's kind of what I think people want to hear. It doesn't necessarily make it true, but I think that's what people want. Yeah. And shame on those Associated Press voters who gave Harry Roseman executive of the year yesterday. Where, where's the disrespect? We need the disrespect. We feed off the disrespect. Yeah. We don't need Howie Roseman well, winning any stinking awards. We need real that quick, underdog that, role. That was the pro football writer. Right. So, oh, pro football uh, writer. Sorry, just, sorry. just thank, yeah, thank you for just, the correction. Yeah. The people who actually know, Jody. Yes, the, the people, people who, who know. know. And Howie is the executive of the year. They got it right. We all yes, got it did. right. He was the executive of the year. So, um. You know, it's interesting from the standpoint, and I say that tongue-in-cheek, you know, Mike. I mean, Philadelphia's not disrespected. But I will say with Nick Sirianni, and, you know, there's a little bit of this sort of new age. You know, back in the old days, I always say, you had Tom Landry, you had a suit, the top hat, you had Bud Grant, the stoic. There was sort of a decorum to being a head coach in the National Football League. And here you have Nick Sirianni, you know, celebrating on the sidelines like he's a player, like he's Justin Jefferson doing mm -hmm. the gritty, you know, sticking it in other people's faces. So he's really popular here, obviously. Outside the city limits or the Delaware Valley, not so much. Do you think that plays into it? Yeah, I think it probably does. And I think there's something to that. Look, I understand that Nick is being who Nick is. Uh, but I have to admit, I, I don't love that he is so demonstrative and in your face on the sidelines. And it goes beyond just that. It'd be one thing if he were reacting uh, in, a, in a particular way after every Eagles touchdown or big play. It goes a little bit beyond that. It goes to standing on a bench after the win in Indianapolis and gesturing and gesticulating to fans because the Eagles beat the team that just fired his mentor, Frank Wright. Reich. It's sprinting up and down the sidelines uh, after Devontae Smith catches a touchdown in the first game against the Giants this season. Uh, it's a little bit of that. It kind of shows me that there is something to be said for the idea that he probably has to mature emotionally a little bit. But that's different from saying he doesn't know what he's doing or can't design an offense or doesn't motivate his guys because clearly he does all those things. And he's done a terrific job this season. I personally would just like to see um, him kind of rein himself in a little bit in those moments. I was I grew up in the Buddy Ryan era uh, too, John, and I didn't love Buddy for some of the things that he would say away from the field and things like that. I'm, yeah. I'm, there's still a part of me that is like, you know, quell all that until you've actually done it. 
you know, that, that it does kind of rub me the wrong way. The Barry Sanders hand the football to the referee. You know, it's been not, there because it, it looked like you've been there before. Like been a, a little, a little bit, Jody. But I would have have less of a problem with with Nick if this they had already won a Super Bowl, right? Like, you know, they haven't yet. And while I understand that he's kind of a hot blooded guy, uh, and he's going to react that way, to me there is something to be said for hey, you ain't done it yet, so cool your jets. Hear you. All right. Uh, with this matchup between the 49ers and the Eagles, I said this to John for a segment. I really am feeling that this is going to come down to whoever makes the one big defensive play or the one big offensive mistake that a key turnover in the second half is going to turn this game. And the Eagles have been pretty damn good at it all year. They're number three in the league in the NFL in the plus minus category. Unfortunately, the 49ers are number one at plus 13. Is it that simple? We, we, we see the matchup. We read the matchups. Uh, Eagles offensive line against the 49er defense. Uh, Eagles secondary against Brock Price. Is it all going to come down to who makes the big mistake or who makes the big defensive play? You know, Jody, it's funny you say this because I was thinking exactly the same thing this morning before I came on with you guys. It occurred to me that one of the most under-discussed aspects specifically about the Cowboys 49ers game. We've talked about Dak Prescott in the main, right? He he didn't come up big in this game. And uh, is he the kind of quarterback who can lead the Cowboys to where they want to go because they're paying him so much money and blah, blah, blah. The 49ers scored 17 points in that game against the Dallas defense. If correct me if I'm wrong, without committing a turnover, the Cowboys scored what? 13, 12, I think. What was the final score? I'm, I'm drawing yeah, what a blank. What was the final score? It was a touchdown. 17, yeah. 10. 17, okay. All right, whatever it was, sorry. And Dak threw two, 19, 12, there you go, excuse me. And yeah, Dak threw two interceptions that were absolutely crippling to the yeah. Cowboys, where they were moving and were in position to score. So that's Dak. That was Dak this season. Dak was throwing the ball to the other team a lot. Yeah. Jalen Hurts doesn't do that or hasn't done it. So it would take a real break from the player Hurts has been and the team the Eagles generally have been this season uh, for them not to be at least right there with the 49ers. And if they can do that, if they can play the kind of football they were playing earlier this season, and if Hurts can play the kind of football that he has played all season, I think that's a huge factor in this game, and I think it gives the Eagles an edge. The 49ers really didn't make any mistakes. You know, you can look at throws that Purdy made and say, you know, Diggs should have intercepted this one or that one, but they didn't, you know. Yeah. If yeah. if the Eagles can make those plays and and keep from making them themselves, you know, they should be in good shape. Yeah, I think it's always about, because if you think of it, works both ways, Mike, because Dak, mm-hmm. you know, late in the game, he had a pick six on a on on just a, you know, handed it to Dre Greenlaw, mm-hmm. dropped it. Dropped so it. all of a sudden that 19-12 could be 26, and it looks like a more lopsided game. I, I, but I do think you're right. If you think about Brock Purdy against Seattle, against Dallas, especially in the first half, He gave those defenses opportunities to make plays. They didn't make them. So if the Eagles get two or three chances to make those plays defensively, they have to make those plays. It can't be, 
you know, Darius Slay putting his hands up to his helmet because he dropped an interception. They have to make those plays because the one thing Kyle Shanahan has proven, he can win games in unique fashions. He did it in the NFC Championship game a couple years ago. He threw the ball eight times, eight times. The, the, the playoff game against Green Bay, they're getting outplayed. They're getting outplayed, but they keep it close. They win on a special teams play. Um, the smaller margin of error is on the 49ers side. You agree with that? I do. I do agree with that. One of the things that makes Shanahan's offense go is the thing that's similar to what makes the Eagles offense go is that at the start of the game, you presume they can do many different things. Right. Part of the reason that they could have Jimmy Garoppolo throw eight passes in that NFC championship game a couple of years ago is because they boat raced the Packers in the first half. They got out to such a big lead running the ball that they didn't need to throw it. And the reason that works is because at least early in a game, there's always the potential that they could throw it if Shanahan yeah. wants to. Yeah. You know, if the Eagles are able to take that away early on. Uh, that's it. That's going to be a key to everything, right? Purdy really hasn't been put in a position yet where he has to win, throw the ball to win a game. And the Eagles kind of have to do whatever they have to do to put him in that position. And, you know, the same thing happened five years ago. There's been a lot of discussion about uh, the 2017-18 NFC Championship game where the Eagles played the Vikings. And I think a similar dynamic is in play. Once Patrick Robinson, to your point, yeah. John, about, you know, taking advantage of opportunities, which once Patrick Robinson intercepted that case Keenum pass and returned it for the touchdown, the entire game shifted, you know, the, the environment became much more difficult for the Vikings to function in. And then the Eagles got juiced and they get out to a lead. And all of a sudden the Vikings can't run the ball. And it's like, okay, well, is case Keenum really going to lead a comeback against the Eagles at Lincoln financial field. And I think the same dynamic is in play here. You know, Brock Purdy, I would think, is not going to be the kind of guy who, if the 49ers are down 17-7, 20-7, is going to throw them back into the game. He's he's just not. Or at least he hasn't yeah. proven to be that guy so far. Maybe I'm wrong about that. Maybe he is the second coming of Tom Brady. But I would think that, you know, the first quarter and a half are going to tell the tale of what happened Sunday. Uh, here's one thing that does scare me a little bit coming into the game from an Eagle perspective, Mike. And this is something you can say about every game, but more so when you're talking about a game against the 49ers. If the team that tackles better is going to win the game, I hate to say it, but I think it's advantage San Francisco. There's a reason they were the number one defense. They're the best tackling team. Against Dallas on Sunday, I was absolutely impressed with some of the tackles that they made in space, bringing guys down, not needing someone else to lend them a helping hand. The Eagles are a good tackling team. They're a very good tackling team, but they're not as good as the 49ers in my estimation. Am I oversimplifying this by saying the team that tackles best wins? No, I'm not sure about that, Jody. Uh, I'm not sure you're simplifying it, I should say. I think it's one of the reasons to think that this is going to be a close game. The, the, the one NFC championship game in NFL history that I keep thinking back to in this context is uh, the one in 1999-2000 between the Rams and the Tampa Bay Bucks. Um, I know that's a deep hole, a deep cut, but if you think about that game, that was the Rams when they were in their first season of the greatest show on turf, and they ended up 
you know, winning the Super Bowl that year. It was Kurt Warner's first year as their starter, Dick Vermeil, all of that stuff. And the Buccaneers were Tony Dungy. They were an incredibly great defense, but they were Sean King at quarterback. And yeah. that was that was a nip and tuck game. That was a six to five game until Kurt Warner hit Ricky Prohl in the end zone late in the game. Uh, after the, the Rams had had opportunity after opportunity after opportunity to try to put points on the board and struggle to do that. Um, the reason I draw that comparison is the Eagles, they may not be as good as the greatest show on turf, but they have a similarly diverse kind of offense. They can beat you in any number of different ways, the way that Rams team could. Yeah. And this 49ers defense is really, really good. And, you know, this Eagles team has been in games where they haven't put up a ton of points. They, they struggled to beat the Colts in Indianapolis. Uh, you know, they, they didn't blow the Vikings out, you know, it was a 24 seven game and, and, or whatever it was 24, eight. And it wasn't, well, it wasn't that close. It wasn't like the Eagles kept pouring it on in the second half. So yeah, Arizona, there were Arizona. Yeah. There yeah. have been games where they just kind yeah. of needed to slog their way through it. And this may be one of those games if they're going to win it. And yeah. Oh, by the way, it's funny that you bring that game up because I've drawn a comparison between Brock Purdy and Kurt Warner, because I remember 1999 and people say, oh, at some point, this uh, Kurt Warner guy's going to turn back into a pumpkin. This can't continue. He was in the friggin' arena league. How the hell is he going to the, and he did. He took them all the way to the championship. So we have to hope that Brock Purdy isn't Kurt Warner in uh, the same season, some 23 years later. All right, uh, Mike, are the Eagles going to run the football down the 49ers throats the way they did last week against the Giants? I don't know if they're going to be able to do that, Jody. I would be surprised if they tried early <laughs> on, too. I mean, we saw that, at least initially in the Giants game. Uh, they felt like they had an advantage along the line of scrimmage pretty much everywhere. First play of the game, handoff to Miles Sanders. Uh, you know, And then they come back and hit Devontae Smith deep on the second play, and they're off and running. Um, you know, Can they do that against the 49ers? That, that's what this game is going to come down to. I think uh, it's who do you like more? Do you like the Eagles offensive line or do you like the 49ers defensive line and linebackers? And to me, that's the question, you know, on that side of the ball is whether Sirianni and Shane Steichen are going to say right off the jump, we're going to try to throw the ball against the 49ers corners, or we're going to try to set them up. Uh, and I think that's, that's an interesting way to look at the Eagles first possession of this game. Uh, you know, I, I just do. You know, for the first time, Mike, we, we saw a little bit I don't want to say diva-like behavior from A.J. Brown, but it was pretty clear he wasn't happy uh, that he wasn't uh, more involved in the offense against the Giants. Didn't need to be. They ran for 268 yards. Um, we know about receivers in general, certainly in this town, everywhere in the NFL. A.J. Brown hasn't been that. But, you know, there's a little tweaking I think of the coaching staff, Hey, get me the ball. I'm pretty good. Um, does that turn into a problem? Do the Eagles feel they need to get AJ Brown, the ball a little bit more. And does that affect Shane Steichen's mentality of, uh, I'm just going to do what I need to do to win this football game. Honestly, John, I think they would do well to get him the ball in this game anyway. And it's not because he was complaining Saturday night. I think it's because this game is going to come down to, in so many ways, just individual matchups. Just Jalen Hurts throws the ball deep to A.J. Brown. And does A.J. Brown, being one of the five best receivers in the NFL and maybe the most physical receiver in the NFL, outbox the cornerback who's defending him for the ball? 
Uh, I think this game could come down to plays like that. Does Jalen Hurts break a tackle or two to his shoulder sprain and make a play? Uh, does Debo Samuel do something extraordinary with the ball in his hands? Does Nick Bosa get the better of Lane Johnson on one play yeah. and force a fumble or you know, Mike, force a hurry pass that leads to an interception? You're talking about individual matchups. You wrote about Lane this week, so everybody should check that out at Inquirer.com. Um, Lane Johnson versus Nick Bosa, and it's going to be Jordan Mailata as well because um, he moves around. But I, I've made this comparison. You know, when Delane is on the field, the Eagles generally play really well. When he's not on the field, they generally don't win. Um, the numbers are kind of striking. Ever since Nick Bosa got to San Francisco, as a rookie, they go to the Super Bowl. He's unblockable in the playoffs. I think he had four sacks. His second year, he tore his ACL in the second game. Season over. 49ers have a bad season. He comes back. They go to the championship game again. He's unblockable in the playoffs. They're a Joukowsky tart interception away from going back to the Super Bowl. And here they are in his fourth year. In the championship game again, he's healthy. Nick Bosa versus Lane Johnson. Lane hasn't given up a sack since, I joke, 1933 when the Eagles <laughs> were uh, their first season. Nick Bosa, I just talked about his dominance and, and what he's done for the 49ers. And Lane's not 100%. Who wins that matchup? Man, it's like King Kong versus Godzilla. It, it's great. Um, you know, who wins that matchup? Man, I, I think... I think that's an area – I hate to bet against Lane Johnson. I know. But I think – but Bosa's healthier than Lane is, and I think it's, it's a concern. I do. I, I don't take that as a shot at Lane. D don't take that to mean that Nick Bosa's going to get three sacks and, you know, embarrass Lane Johnson. I don't think that's what's going to happen. But it's just the nature of an offensive tackle against a defensive end. You only have – the defensive end only has to beat him once. Yeah. And it could ruin everything. Uh, and so I think the game may come down to something like that. I think it's going to be these individual matchups. I think we can talk scheme all we want. It is going to be, can Jalen Hurts, you know, get the ball to A.J. Brown? And does A.J. Brown make an incredible play? Uh, does, does Nick Bosa get to Jalen Hurts and force a fumble or force a bad throw that leads to an interception? I think it's just going to come down to, to stuff like that. And, oh, by the way, this year, John mentioned how good Bosa was in the two previous deep runs the 49ers had in the playoffs. Hasn't had a sack in either game so Yeah, far. that's so, true. Maybe, maybe this is a great regular season, but a little bit of a down season, off season for Nick Bosa. All right, uh, let me ask you about the matchup of the wide receivers here in this game. Debo Samuel is the most unique player. A.J. Brown might be the best player, but Debo is the most unique player but he comes in off rest. 49ers rested him. Yesterday, they rested Elijah Mitchell and Christian McCaffrey. Three of their key offensive weapons, all limited participation yesterday in practice. Isn't it nice for the other team to have to worry about how what level a player is going to be able to play at when all of Eagle Nation had to worry, at least I did, worry about Lane Johnson and uh, Jalen Hurts last week? The shoe seems to be on the other foot here, Mike. Yeah, it does. And like everything else we've talked about, Jody, I, th I think it leads to um, it leads to some curiosity on my part about how the 49ers are going to attack 
the Eagles defense and Jonathan Gannon's defense early in this game. Because as we've seen for most of the season, the Eagles do struggle. There is kind of like a um, the, look, the Eagles defense has been terrific all year, but if you're, you know, the, the, the center of that defense is like the soft, creamy center of a Twinkie, right? Like, and, and that's a bad analogy because I'm not, I don't mean to suggest that the Eagles defense has been soft all year because it hasn't, but if it does have a soft target, it's the middle of that area. It's the linebackers. It's, it's attacking the middle of the field against them. And the 49ers have players who can do that, whether you're talking about Samuel or McCaffrey, or of course, George Kittle. Um, and it looks like Purdy seems to like to throw the ball to the middle of the field. So I think it's, I think your point is well taken. If, if those guys, particularly McCaffrey and Samuel aren't particularly healthy and they're going to struggle to do what they usually do, that obviously helps the Eagles because it helps shore up an area where you would think they might struggle a little bit defensively. All right. Last one from me, Mike, and before I give it to you, I want to mention uh, the third anniversary of Kobe Bryant's death in Mike's book, The Rise, Kobe Bryant, and the Pursuit of Immortality. Um, so everybody should get that, and especially, you know, at this time of year, unfortunately, uh, the rise of Kobebook.com. So I wanted to give you that plug. Thanks, John. But I want to take it back to, to the Eagles and obviously this game. Did you guys see back in the day when Jason Kelsey was on It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia after the Eagles won the 2018 Super Bowl? Uh, there was a funny little back and forth, and one of the characters was dreaming, and Jason was telling him, everything matters from a fan perspective. Everything helps us if you wear the jersey and your favorite pair of socks. Obviously, that part of it's nonsense. But Rookie quarterback in this environment, how important are the fans in the stands to winning this game for the Philadelphia Eagles? Look, John, I took a lot of heat uh, ahead of the Eagles Falcons playoff game and during that, that postseason Super Bowl run in which I said that uh, the home field advantage the Eagles have at Lincoln financial field was overstated. And I stand by that column only because every team has home field advantage. So relative to other teams, the, the advantage that the Eagles had at Lincoln Financial Field wasn't as great, okay? Now, having said that, if there were ever a game where fans would be able to make a difference, you would think it would be this one for the very reason you said, that Brock Purdy, I know we can hear a lot about him playing in hostile environments in the Big 12 and going to Oklahoma and different places around that league to go face hostile crowds. I think Philly will be different. I think this setting will be different in particular because he hasn't faced anything like it in the NFL yet. And uh, I think, as I said, if there's ever a game where having home field advantage, advantage would be a boon to the Eagles, this would seem to be it. You know, everybody felt that way. I was there for the 2003 championship game with the Buccaneers and the Eagles where they, they were going to, it was the last game at the vet. And in retrospect, you can look back and say, you know what? The Buccaneers were primed to play well in that game. They had a veteran team. They had a veteran quarterback in Brad Johnson. They were not the kind of team with the kind of players who would get rattled. Yeah. I don't know that about Brock Purdy yet. I just don't know. So let's see. I think it's going to be a great environment. And I will say this, John, uh, and I'm about to sit down and write a column arguing this too. This, this game ought to be an example to the NFL of why it's its idea of taking the championship games and moving them to neutral sites should be killed with fire 
Okay. <laughs> this is such a bad idea. I know it's a money grab. Yeah. I know they want to turn these championship games into diet Super Bowls and sell naming rights and and you know test drive locations for Super Into Bowls. Into a TurboTax. Let's give yeah. them a free plug. Exactly. The, the sponsoring but, the championship. Game. But but take take Eagles fans out of this. If you are a uh, just a football fan without any rooting interest in this game. One of the fun aspects of watching this game is going to be watching it at Lincoln Financial Field to see how the Eagles home fans react and what they do. The setting matters. If we learned nothing about pro sports, when it came back during the pandemic, it was that sterile oh, yeah. sites yeah. without fans made the games less interesting. Yeah. One thing that I think has been overstated a little bit is, or maybe understated, excuse me, um, Mike, what's the loudest outdoor stadium in the NFL? Seattle is generally considered that, I think, right? Yeah. yeah Arrowhead right. or Seattle, I would say. You know, maybe there's a debate. And although he's only played two road games, one of the games that Brock Purdy's played on the road is in Seattle. So it isn't like he's never faced what he's faced with the Eagles before. Maybe a little bit more venom here in Philadelphia. <laughs> but if you're just talking pure volume – He's already played against the twelfth man in Seattle, so and he did walk away with a win. Real, real, real quick um, anecdote, Jody. I spent um, a, a few days last week down in Raleigh, North Carolina. I'm working on a on a piece for the Inquirer about Trey Turner, you know, who the Phillies signed right. and who played college ball in North Carolina State at North Carolina State. And I talked to his best friend, who's a coach at North Carolina, a guy named Brett Austin, who was for two years the bullpen catcher of, of the Washington Nationals while Turner was on the team. And he said he's never heard fans MF a bullpen catcher before until he went to Citizens Bank Park. <laughs> so take that and apply that to what Purdy is going to face from Eagles fans at Lincoln Financial Field, and you have a pretty good sense of what's ahead of him, I think, and the difference between what happens at the link versus what happens in Seattle or Kansas City. Understood. That's why I said maybe a little more venom this week in Philadelphia. But the volume he's already dealt with, and he dealt with okay in Seattle. All right, Mike, before we let you run, are you ready to go on the record and let us know whether Monday's Birds 365 is going to be a funeral funeral dirge or a happy recap? Well, all right. So here's the thing, guys. Um, my wife and four other couples, dear friends of ours, are all going to the Poconos this weekend for a getaway. And we had had this plan for a while and I can't go because I'm going to stay home and I have to work Saturday with Glenn on the radio and I have to cover the game obviously on Sunday. So the Eagles need to win this game to make this weekend worthwhile for me <laughs> staying home. So I do have a rooting interest here. I'm going to be really angry if they don't win and don't go to the Super Bowl and basically cause me to waste this weekend. So maybe this pick is colored by that, but I say Eagles 20, 49, or 17. Okay, so a relatively low-scoring game. Um, and, oh, by the way, uh, it's a good thing your wife didn't reschedule for two weeks down the road because you're going to be busy two weeks down the road. You're going to be in Arizona two weeks from now. Well, well you know, right. actually, I'm going to be in Arizona anyway, as it turns out. Um, okay. So I'm going whether the 49ers win this game or the Eagles. But, you know, selfishly, I would really love to be hanging out with my friends in the yeah. this weekend. So now um, there's no chance of your wife being that savvy that she knew the Eagles were that good. They'd be in this spot 
she have a week away from Mike Sealski. Oh, <laughs> McMullen shot on John. No, no chance. I mean, she, no don't chance. get me wrong. She wouldn't mind the weekend away from me, but <laughs> there's no chance that she planned this this way. She knows who Jason Kelsey and Jalen Hurts are, and that's right. it when it comes that's to the like year. my wife. Yeah, yeah. She does not care. Right. Same. So I, I feel your pain. <laughs> Mike, have a uh, good show with Glenn tomorrow. Enjoy the game on Sunday. We'll be reading you every day in the Inquirer. Thanks for jumping in with us today. Anytime, guys. Thanks. Thanks, That's Mike. Mike Sielski, lead sports columnist uh, for the Philadelphia Inquirer. Dodging a bullet, not having to go away. It sounds like he wanted to go away, truthfully. But Yeah, he uh, did. He sounded like he wanted to, to go away. So he's not the one dodging the bullet. Uh, right. Not not something that he's going to be uh, bemoaning the whole time he's watching the Eagle game on Sunday. All right, Johnny Mac, we've broken it down several different ways so far. Um, key matchups, the Eagles with the home field advantage. Shanahan, can he do both the head coach thing and the clock management thing at the same time? Yeah, at times it has gotten away from him. That's not going to change this week. Will it be something that the Eagles have to deal with either at the end of the first half or at the end of the game. Um, what is going to be the key aspect, the reason that you're going to lean toward either the 49ers and where they have a, a plus in the column or toward the Eagles where you say this is the reason why they, they're going on to the Super Bowl? You know, I think it's going to be a close game. I'm, I'm with Mike. He, he had it at 2017. I think it's going to be a one-score game late. I don't think they're going to boat race. The The 49ers are, are too solid defensively. I think, you know, Kyle Shanahan's smart enough to scheme up some stuff to keep them in the game. Um, you know, and I've been debating and going back and forth, you know, this Jody all week because I picked the 49ers to go to the Super Bowl in the preseason. And I'm like, I, I want to stick with it. I want to stick with it because, you know, I want to be right. I'm a human sure. being, human nature. You want to be right. But that's silly. I mean, I mean the Eagles are are set up and, and I've, I've talked about this path for a long time. Uh, when when you're talking about a potential route to the Super Bowl, it doesn't get any easier than what the Eagles have set up for themselves with the New York Giants. Not their fault they upset Minnesota, but that team wasn't ready to be in the playoffs at that position, and they destroyed them. And and now we talk about the 49ers, a great team, but they're down to a third-string rookie quarterback who hasn't been in this type of situation before. You know, Mike talked about some of the differences back in the day with Tampa Bay and 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 Brad Johnson being a better veteran quarterback, more equipped, Jake DeLone being more equipped to handle that type of situation. Ultimately, I think it's going to be a big mistake by Brock Purdy or Kyle Shanahan. Maybe it's a game management mistake um, that he's all too often done in big spots, whether it's Super Bowls as an offensive coordinator, as a head coach. Uh, what, whether it's last week and coming up to halftime. Um, ultimately, I think the 49ers make the big mistake on the road in the fourth quarter. Jake Elliott field goal, maybe a walk-off, maybe that type of difference. And I got the Eagles winning 24-23. With uh, just one question, you said easy pass for the Eagles, couldn't have worked out better. What would have been harder than the 49ers in the championship game? 
uh, 49ers with with uh, uh, Jimmy Garoppolo, 49ers oh. with a with a better quarterback, 49ers with a great quarterback would probably the game would probably be in San Francisco and the Eagles would really be up against it. The fact that you're down to your third string quarter uh, uh, quarterback is, you know, it's unbelievable. The 49ers are here, uh, to be honest. So from that standpoint, you're always going to face a good team along the way to get to the Super Bowl. This is the best team from a talent perspective, two through 53, that the Eagles could have faced. They're doing it at home, and they're doing it with the third-string quarterback. It doesn't get easier than that, Jody. It doesn't get easier because you're going to be in this game against a good team. And I bring up those upsets in the past that people always look to. Well, Tampa Bay, they should have beat Tampa Bay. Mike pointed out, that's a whole different ball game. They had the defense and a quarterback who'd been through it all. Um, even, even Carolina, again, more equipped to handle this environment. This guy started seven games. It wasn't supposed to play at all. I, I pointed out, this guy's Ian Book. That's who he is. This guy's Ian Book. And you don't expect that type of player in this type of situation to come up big. If he does, I'll be here Monday eating crow, Jody. And I, I think he's got I think Kyle's gonna go hold his hand and keep him in the football game. But I think the big mistake is gonna be from the 49ers. All right. So but in if you want to compare what the Eagles are doing this year to previous seasons, I will agree with you that uh this might not have been the toughest pass ever taken by a team to get to the Super Bowl. But this is the best matchup they could have. This is the best. This is the second best team in the NFL. It wasn't like they got yeah last week uh, getting a bye. They earned it. They deserved it. Anytime you don't have to play, and everybody else has got to go to work and play, that's an advantage. Last week matching up against the Giants, a team that they were much better than, much more talented than. Yes, absolutely an advantage and an easy path. There was no more difficult path than going through San Francisco with Brock Purdy. Brock Purdy, Brock Purdy didn't just come into the lineup this week. He's been in charge for seven weeks now and won seven consecutive if games. I, but my point is, Jody, my point is, if I told you before the season, the only thing, the only obstacle left in, in the Eagles' path between them and the Super Bowl at Lincoln Financial Field is a team quarterback by Brock Purdy, you would take that 100 times out of 100. And this is – that this. You are going to, but what I'm trying to say is no matter what, you're going to face a good team in a championship game, no matter what. They might have flaws, and and this team is a very good team, and I'm probably giving them too much credit by keeping this game this close um, because I have so much respect for the 49ers as a whole. I'm probably leaning a little bit too much that way than I should. You would take it 100 out of 100 times. It doesn't, there has never been a rookie quarterback to win a championship game. And that's rookie quarterbacks that played the entire season. It couldn't be better understanding, look, the Houston Texans in the championship game would have been easier, but you can't play the worst team in football. The Chicago Bears, you're, you have to play a good team. So a good team with a rookie quarterback in his ace start, I don't care if he's seven and oh, I'll take it. All right. And my point is, and uh, maybe I'm not making it well, 
Eagles are in the championship game. What would have been a tougher matchup than the Brock Purdy-led San Francisco 49ers for the Eagles to face in a championship game? I, I don't think you're understanding my point. At this stage, it doesn't get easier. At this stage, at this stage, not... Well, but, John, you also said earlier, if I told you at the beginning of the season, so what time are we picking up the analysis from? Beginning of the season or just uh, what, this week? What, what my point, I don't think you're getting... You're playing a good team in the championship game. You're playing a really good team. Cincinnati's playing a really good team. Kansas City's playing a really good team. If you've made it through all these hurdles to get to a championship. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. game you're a good team so that's baked into it i'm saying when you're playing a good team this is the best possible situation because even if jimmy garoppolo and you know i don't like jimmy garoppolo a little bit a little bit but even if jimmy garoppolo is out there it would be a tougher road to hoe than brock purdy it doesn't get any easier in this situation than what the Eagles are facing. They will never find when they won 38 to 7 in 2018, they had a tougher situation than they're facing right now. Now, yeah, things snowballed. Things snowball. Yeah, but you're looking in hindsight. The Vikings were favorite. Jason Kelsey told me straight, man, they got some good players. They were the number one defense in the NFL. Case Keenum was third in the MVP voting that year. That was a much more difficult situation. The snowball went going down the hill. If it goes down the hill this game, you you know, you're going to see a similar situation. Uh, that's all I'm saying. Now, hindsight, they blew them out, obviously. And they're probably not going to blow them out because it's tough to blow teams out. I, I'm not going to predict 38-7 again. But then again, if there is a route in this game, 100% it's the Eagles' way, not the 49ers. What would if you there consider, is a route. What would you consider a route? 20, 20-plus 20 points. Gotcha. 
Yeah, I yeah, I don't think the 49ers won it by 20 plus points this week. That's for sure. All right, Jay Mac, no, you gotta run. Um, good luck over there, getting over there. Uh, and uh I will see you back here Monday on Birds 365. Let's do it. And Johnny Thanks, Mac- Barrett. I see you in the green room. Big B Barrett ready to rock and roll. And don't forget Johnny Mac part of the post game show. It's gonna be as big as it gets this week, this weekend here on the Jacob Media YouTube channel. All right, Johnny Mac coming back. Barrett Brooks gonna join me next for the final hour of Birds 365 on Championship Friday. Hey, Eagles fans, Tom Giordano from Pondley Hockey Giordano. Who's ready to get another one of these? But first, we got to take care of business and beat the 49ers this Sunday. Look, we know ticket prices are super expensive and really hard to get, so we're giving you an opportunity to win two free tickets to the NFC Championship game. So go to our Instagram right now for your chance to win two free tickets to the NFC Championship game this Sunday. And as always, thanks for watching the Pondley Hockey Post Game Show. Go Birds! Ambrosio doesn't need a special event to appreciate his customers. Jeff shows his appreciation to them every day of the year. Jeff makes sure to stock more new inventory than anyone and guarantees prices and payments that nobody can beat. There are so many reasons that thousands of customers know Jeff is the easy, friendly place to do business. More for their trades. No judgment zone for credit issues. The best, most reliable service department in the country. That's why I like Jeff, and I know you will too. Jeff will satisfy you every day. Jeff D'Ambrosio, Destination Downingtown, owner appreciation event. My name is uh, Fran Salerno. I'm a managing director here at DelVal Insurance Group. Been in the business for over 36 years, saving people money on their insurance needs. Give us a call. Let us help you custom design an insurance plan that meets both your needs and budget. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Post game show with Seth Joyner. I knew that they had a running game. Derek Gunn. He has put in the effort. Devin Caney. Had we not won the Super Bowl, what would we be saying? And Mike Missanelli. Well, you know how Philly is. Post game, now streaming on the 6ABC family of apps.
hour number two of Birds 365. We have a substitution. John McMullen had to get over to the media availability at the Novacare Complex. So we got a former Super Bowl winner, a guy who knows what championship games are all about, Barrett Brooks from uh, the uh, midday show here on the Jacob Media YouTube channel, Sports Take, and also where uh, you catch him on NBC Sports Philly as well. And I caught you yesterday. I was watching it this morning. Hold on. Let me look at my TV. Oh, shoot. Barrett Brooks is on NBC Sports. <laughs> right now. Uh, but I'm glad to have you here on the stream with me. A lot has been made of this Philadelphia crowd and how big this home field advantage is for the Eagles. And while I certainly agree that it is going to be something that Brock Purdy is going to have to deal with, he did deal with Seattle. And Seattle is arguably the loudest building outdoors in the entire National Football League. He walked out of there with a victory. Now, I think the Eagles are a better team than Seattle. But that, again, taking the crowd out of it, that's the opposition, which is a bigger deterrent to Brock Purdy, the team he's facing or the fans he's facing. You can't even take you can't take either one out when you're talking about the Eagles fans, you know, because it's nothing like he, just to put things in perspective. You look at that Seattle team; their defense sucks. This defense here, they can play. So when you're talking about pass rushers and how the crowd can affect pass rushing, you got to say it's, it's, it's got to be you know ten times worse with the way this crowd is going to be and the way this defense can play. That Brock Purdy, you know, he's he's up against you know a trouble. You know what I'm saying? He's he's up against it. When you keep sitting right next to a guy, you're 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 two inches from a guy's ear, and he still can't hear you. That is decided advantage for the home team. Decided advantage. In fact, it was so loud last week that even the home team, the Eagles, had to use their sound count. That's how rowdy our our crowd was. Our fans were. So I mean, you 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 can't take either one off the equation when you're dealing with Philly fans and a Philly defense. And that was just divisional round action. This is championship round right. action. <laughs> the volume should be even up a little bit more. Um, Jalen Hurts had the game that he had last week. Uh, you, you, turn, you go back and check uh, last week's shows here on Birds 365. I had concerns coming into the game. Not fear, but concerns just because I didn't know if Jalen Hurts was going to be Jalen Hurts, the guy who played the first 14 games of the season and was leader for MVP in the National Football League. He looked like the same Jalen Hurts to me. Didn't look like the Jalen Hurts. And the play calling didn't look like the last regular season game against the Giants. He's now a week more healthy. But then yesterday he said, no, I'm not feeling great. He's still at least being honest with us that he's not 100%. Do you have any, yeah, you pick whatever word you want to use. You know the point I'm trying to make. Concerns, worries, just a slight little feeling in you. Any whatsoever about Jalen Hurts not being 100% going into this game? Bro, I feel like Apollo Creed when he was talking to Rocky. There is no tomorrow. You got to leave it on the table. There is no tomorrow. So to think that he's not going to give 100% and Shane Steichen's going to give him all the tools in his toolbox, is, is, is crazy. I mean, it's, it's win or go home, and they understand that. They're not trying to save him for the Super Bowl. He's not trying to save himself for the Super Bowl. So when you look at it, what's a gift up against him, you got to go out there and play and, and use every intangible, every facet of your game that you can pull. You know, I mean, his reads kind of have to be on point. His understanding of what they're trying to do to him is going to be – because this is not a team 
that disguises stuff. It's not a team that tries to trick you into throwing bad balls. They're a team that's going to line up and want to kick your ass. And 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 that goes in favorably with the Eagles because our offensive line is going to kick their ass. So it's the best offensive line against the best front seven in the NFL. That's although, what we're facing. Although they'll never be on the field at the same time, one of the intriguing matchups in this game for me is both tight ends. Yes. Kittle against Goddard. Doesn't get much better than that. We know Kelsey. Kelsey is kind of a different wide receiver to me because uh, tight end, because he's more like a wide receiver. Right. Not a bad blocker, but he doesn't block like either Goddard or Kittle. Those are the two most complete tight ends in the National Football League. Absolutely. Is there a reason to think that Goddard can outdo Kittle? Of course. Of course. I mean, the tight end is always a quarterback's best friend. And the reason why Kittle is is, is really – uh, amplified in that offense is because he's got a young quarterback there. They got a quick passing game and they don't have the, they don't necessarily have what the Eagles have out there on the outside. Yes. Brandon Ayuk is good, but is he on the caliber of the two receivers we have? No. Debo Samuels is good, but they don't use him necessarily like a receiver. We have two bonafide um, inline receivers on the outside and we have a quarterback that can get it to the outside. Brock Purdy is not one that his arm is strong enough to get it out there consistently to make plays on the outside. So that's why Kittle is so good and integral in the offense because he has to roam the middle of that, that, that defense. He has to be that, 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 um, you know, that safety valve for him a lot of the times. So they'll game plan a lot of pass plays in the middle of the field because of the strength of his arm. He throws a, he throws a catchable ball, but it floats in air an awful long time. And the Eagles will have to take advantage of balls in the middle like Dallas didn't do. They they dropped two picks. You can't do that. You got to take advantage of every opportunity you get. Situational football is key. You got to take care of those type of things. And that's where Brock Purdy, is. His, he's had Lady Luck in his pocket. Well, Lady Luck is gone now. You know what I mean? They're going to take advantage of those type of situations. They're going to game plan this young quarterback. This is a rookie quarterback. I don't care how good he's played the past seven games. I'm talking about the here and now. He's only had two away games. And yes, last week was kind of fierce. And if you look at it, they really, you know, they really had him flustered a little bit last week, uh, the week before last against Seattle. He's not going to be flustered uh, this week. He's not going to be, I mean, he's, he's going to, well, he's going to be taken out of his game. They're going to make him move around. They're going to make him see things and go to his second and third read. They got to play press coverage to make him get off that read of going to the tight end of going to Debo Samuels and make him go into his second and third read. And that's where I think our, our defensive line can then go out there and work at him and, 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 and beat him up a little bit. All right, Barrett, whenever you and I do this show together, you come in and sub in for Johnny Mack. I love tapping into your uh, former line of work, AKA offensive line in the national football league. The 49ers had the best defense in the NFL this year. They were number one against the run this year. Their front seven is very good and tenacious. But the Eagles offensive line is the best in the National Football League. They'll do their job against the the, the, the four down linemen. Can they get to the second level? The linebackers for the 49ers will make them, for me, the number one defense. Yeah, both on the end, but he's going to have to beat one of the Eagles' two very good tackles. If he gets one sack, I don't think it'll be a game wrecker or a game changer. So be it. 
can the Eagles offensive line get to those linebackers and keep them from making big plays uh, two or three yards off the line of scrimmage? That's the matchup where everybody's talking about. And the matchup, everybody's talking about, oh, you know, you you, you got to block. You got to block War- Warner. Fred Warner's a great player. But so is Jason Kelsey, a great player. People forget that Jason Kelsey's the best center in the NFL. He is specializing in going up and blocking on the second level. We forget how many times he pulls a game and go out there and crushes people. Just because the attention, last week's attention was was beating up on the defensive line. He had Leonard, you know, and he had those guys in there. Everybody, Leonard and Lawrence. That's all they talk about. Leonard and Lawrence. Kelsey against Leonard and Lawrence. Well, this week is Kelsey against Greenlaw. Kelsey against Warner. And I put my money on Jason Kelsey all day and twice on Sunday. He will be on him like white on rice. That matchup right there is decided advantage with the Eagles. Our all-pro center against their all-pro linebacker, two first-team all-pros. This is where matchups are born. This is where you this is where you get infamous. You know what I'm saying? This is where you become the best to ever play when you play against the best and you beat up on the best. Jason Kelsey will beat up on Fred Warner. Guaranteed. That's going to be a key because Warner is damn good. He's arguably the best inside linebacker in the entire National Football League, and Kelsey's right. the best center. So uh, what is it that we oversay in sports these days now? Iron sharpens iron. Yeah, that's what you're looking at, Kelsey versus uh, Fred Warner, the best versus the best. All right. Uh, last week, Kenneth Gainwell had this career game. Some of it was after the game had been decided, so you keep it uh, through that prism, uh, but he did. He was great. Does that change the way the Eagles rotate their backs this week, or is still Miles Sanders the main guy who's going to have more carries than most games this year, more carries than Gainwell and Scott combined? Is that going to be this the case this week against San Francisco? It, it's going to be status quo. It's going to be the same what it is. Miles Sanders is a dynamic player. Kenneth Gainwell is good. But people, you know, we got to look what happened. Miles Sanders tenderized that defense. He tenderized him. You know what I'm saying? After he tenderized him, then Kenneth Gainwell got, came in and got the yardage. He had already beat up on him all game. And then Kenneth Gainwell came in and was able to break a couple plays and get some long runs. That's what comes with having a really good back. Everybody's going to eat off your first team back, and that's exactly what happened. I, I, I love the game plan that they instituted with Miles Sanders in that last uh, last game against the Giants. They handed it all to him. He would set blocks up, and once he got the hole, he would hit it downhill. You're going to get five-yard runs, two-yard runs, three-yard runs, but you can't give up on the run. And Miles Sanders understands this. He can. He's a game changer. He's a game breaker. You might give him an inch, he'll take a yard. And that's why he's becoming one of the better backs in the league. He understands what his role is. You're not going to break away everything. See, as a young player, he wanted to break everything for big yardage. Now he understands a five-yard run is a great run because now you've got your offense in second and five. You're getting your offense in second and three. That's when you're winning. That's when, you know, the, the game is starting to go into your favor because now it's easy, second and five, third and two. You know what I'm saying? You can convert those a lot better, and you open up your offensive playbook when you do it that way. Miles Sanders is still the guy. He'll still get the bulk of the reps, and they'll spot in, you know, Kenneth Gainwell a little bit here. And, you know, but I, I truly believe he'll get right around 18, 19, maybe even 20 carries a game. 
average just before 100 yards or even 100 yards. And then the other guys will come in, Boston Scott and those guys will come in and, and, and you know, kind of finish things off. All right, tricky pick for you here. And then we got to get a break and we're going to punch up our second guest of the day. Average yards per carry. Not mm, yards, not how many carries. Average yards per carry. Who has more, Miles Sanders or Jalen Hurts? Now, Jalen, you got to factor in maybe you need that fourth and one, which is all you're going to get is that one yard, and that does cut back the average yard per carry a little bit. So all in, Miles carries, Jalen carries. Who has more yards per carry? Yards per carry. I think that Hurts will have more yards per carry. Okay. Because he'll have he'll have three or four runs in which he'll break it for 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 10, 12 yards because they're playing man and they turn their backs to him. DBs turn their backs to him and he gets down the field and then uh slides, you know. So he'll get the bulk of it. So he might have four or five yard uh, four or five runs, but they'll be dynamic runs and they'll probably average like eight or nine uh yards per run. But you know, bang for the buck, Miles Sanders will have maybe around five, 5.1, five more two, 5.2 yard average, but he'll have 18 carries, which will put him right in around a hundred some yards, man. So that's, you know, that's, that's, that's where I see this game going. All right. If Jalen has as good a day as you'd say he does the Ram, the, excuse me, the 49ers haven't really faced a great running quarterback this year. So that could be a key element of the game. That will bode very well for Philadelphia. All right. He's Barrett Brooks in for Johnny Mac. I'm Jody Mac. You got Birds 365 on the stream. Uh, our guests coming up should be cool. Uh, Jason Dumas is a reporter, sports anchor for KRON Channel 4 in San Francisco. But he's Philly born and bred. And he's out there in the uh, enemy's territory this week. Don't kid yourself. He's rooting for the Eagles. He may not say that here on the air with us, but I'm telling you, he's rooting for the Eagles. Uh, Jason Dumas from KRON in San Francisco comes in on the stream next here on Birds 365. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Ambrosio doesn't need a special event to appreciate his customers. Jeff shows his appreciation to them every day of the year. Jeff makes sure to stock more new inventory than anyone and guarantees prices and payments that nobody can beat. There are so many reasons that thousands of customers know Jeff is the easy, friendly place to do business. More for their trades. No judgment zone for credit issues. The best, most reliable service department in the country. That's why I like Jeff, and I know you will too. Jeff will satisfy you every day. Jeff Ambrosio Destination Downtown Owner Appreciation Event. Weather forecasting is a team game. We rely on each other every day, updating the models and passing along new critical information. We have a team of five experienced meteorologists and a specialized weather producer, Paul. Say hi, Paul. Sometimes what I see in the model, Cecily could see something different. That's when we come together as a team to make our most accurate prediction. And all of this backed by more than 100 AccuWeather scientists. It's a team game. And we have the best team in town. 
Hey Eagles fans, Tom Giordano from Pondley Hockey Giordano. Who's ready to get another one of these? But first, we got to take care of business and beat the 49ers this Sunday. Look, we know ticket prices are super expensive and really hard to get, so we're giving you an opportunity to win two free tickets to the NFC Championship game. So go to our Instagram right now for your chance to win two free tickets to the NFC Championship game this Sunday. And as always, thanks for watching the Pondley Hockey Post Game Show. Go Birds! Post game show with Seth Joyner. I knew that they had a running game. Derek Gunn. He has put in the effort. Devin Caney. Had we not won the Super Bowl, what would we be saying? And Mike Missanelli. Well, you know how Philly is. Post game, now streaming on the 6ABC family of apps. Got you, Mac and Mac guys. Only Bear Brooks in for that's not John McMullen, in case you didn't notice. That's Big D, Bear <laughs> Brooks, filling in for uh, Johnny Mac here when it's on Birds 365. And right now, we're going to go into enemy territory. At least that's where he's working these days. But between you and me, he's one of us. Uh, Philly guy from KRON in San Francisco, Jason Dumas, joins us here on Birds 365. Uh, Jason, uh, I see you're still in San Fran. Thank you very much for getting up early with us. Not coming into Philly for the game? Did they ground you? Did they tell you you couldn't go because you'd wear your Philly colors to the game? Why the hell aren't you in Philly this weekend? Uh-huh. Uh, we sent one of our sports reporters uh, and one of our photographers out there. So I think they have a flight this morning uh, out to the East Coast. I was actually just out in Philly all last week. I just got back to San Francisco midweek this week. So uh, uh, our colleague is taking a trip out East for the game. Oh, so you already had your your fill of cheese steaks and you know, you know everything from from the crib already, huh? Oh yeah, oh yeah. I got my fix last week. Got to see the fam. It was a good time. That's All right, up, Jason. Man. We need you to fill in uh, the attitude of the San Francisco fan this week, as you can well guess, and you probably know it if you didn't leave till Sunday after they put the beat down on the Giants. Eagle fans pretty confident. Eagle fans are feeling themselves. They are the favorite in the game, two and a half point choice over San Francisco and think they're going to the Super Bowl. We oftentimes don't look at it, how the other team looks at it. How confident are the 49er fans out there in the Bay Area? So the team is way more confident than the fans. I really? Mean, yeah, the fans aren't as confident as I thought they would be. I'm, I'm pretty shocked, too. Most people I do or most people I've been talking to. They're either pessimistic or cautiously optimistic, but none of them are very, like, extremely confident. Uh, They realize this Eagles team is a really good team uh, that's only lost one game with their starting quarterback under center. And, um, you know, they know they have to travel into enemies' territory, too, so all that is fighting against them. Now, they're not, you know, they're they're not saying we're going to be blown out, but – I've seen their attitude week in, week out for the entire season, uh, and it's changed a little this week. It has, and I was surprised with that. And respect, you're, you're drawing that as respect for the Eagles rather than questioning the 49ers. Say that one more time. I said you're looking at that more as respect for the Eagles, respect for the opposition, than going, yeah, we're kind of lucky to be here as the, the 49ers. Yeah, absolutely. It's all uh, respect to the Eagles. They love their Niners, and they think the Niners are good. I mean, the Niners have won 12 straight games. They're the hottest team in football. That's just an objective truth. Uh, 
But, you know, from the totality of the season, from week one to now, all things considered, the Eagles have been the best team in football. Uh, and they're aware about they're aware of that. They're a smart fan base. You know, you get some fan bases delusional. And, nah, the 49ers fan base, they're very smart. They're very knowledgeable. Um, and you could just sense that they're kind of like, ah, this is this is a tall order. Well, um, you know, looking at all things being equal and the quarterback situation, you know, you try to find something that, you know, could be a, a pivot point on leaning, you know, either side, whether you're going with the defense, the offense. I think the biggest tipping point when I look at this team and look at both teams is two great defenses, offenses with a lot of weapons. But I think the Eagles have the edge at the quarterback position. You know, give me your analysis on Purdy and, you know, Jalen and how they both uh, intertwine in this game and how they're both going to affect this game. Yeah, Barrett, that's uh, kind of been my same, my same points most of the week. I think, this roster, these, both of these rosters stack up pretty evenly, but the Eagles have that edge at quarterback and they'll have home field advantage. So I think that'll help sway things in their favor. But I don't think Brock Purdy is a Cinderella story. You know, I've seen a lot of chatter on Twitter, a lot of rhetoric over from Philly saying, ah, I can't wait, can't wait to expose Brock Purdy. I can't wait to end this whole Cinderella story. I don't think it's a Cinderella story. I think Brock Purdy is a really good player, and I think he's going to be the Niners quarterback of the future. Wow. Uh, yeah, Kyle Shanahan hasn't committed to that, but, I mean, yeah, from everything I've heard from behind closed doors and just what I see with my eyes, he's their guy. I mean, Trey Lance didn't look great, honestly, when he was playing. He wasn't bad, per se, but Brock Purdy has been miles better. And Kyle Shanahan is the type of guy who doesn't matter where you're drafted, the pedigree you have, he's going to go with who he thinks is the best quarterback. And I would guess Brock Purdy is going to get that nod. So I don't think Brock Purdy is going to get rattled too much. I don't think – I mean, if he if he makes mistakes, it's going to be because the Eagles are just good and, and they make plays. I don't think it's going to be because this guy just gets rattled and just – gets in his head and starts throwing the ball. I think if he does make mistakes, it'll be because the Eagles made plays. I don't think it'll really be because of the surroundings or the moment being too big for him. This dude is really even keeled. Uh, he says all the right things. He looks the part. I mean, he kind of, knowing the context behind his story, Mr. Irrelevant, third string coming in, so that comes with a lot of stuff. But if this guy was drafted in the second third round, no one would bat an eye. He, he's been extremely productive. He was really good in college. He got dinged a bunch because of his measurables. Obviously, he's undersized, has small hands. But, you know, we've seen undersized guys with small hands play well in the NFL. I think Rod Purdy is going to be one of those guys. I think he's here for a long run. Um, and I don't think he's going to be scared of the moment. I mean, the 49ers might not win, but I don't think it'll be because Brock Purdy just melted down. Yeah, you and I see this the same way. I think Purdy is being underestimated coming into this game. If he's the second best quarterback on the field on Sunday, he's behind the guy who's probably going to be the runner-up for MVP in the league. Yeah, that's not the worst thing in the world to be right. behind Jalen Hurts right. at this stage right. of the season. Right. I don't think it's necessarily um... – the the Cinderella story because I mean, if he lost that glass slipper, 
that defense picked it up. So, you know, it's, it's you know, I, I don't see it that way. But what I do see is a really, really good pass rush that could um, – but the only thing is when you look at these two coordinators, man, I love, you know, how, they, how they've taken what they have and made it great. You know, I mean, I'm, I look at, you know, what Ryan has done in San Fran. He's taking guys – and this is a very simplistic defense – they're going to line up where they're going to line up, and they're going to just whoop your ass. He's going to whoop the guy in front of you. And then I look at, you know, the opposite side with Gannon. He's the same way. He, want, he wants to get those that D-line going, and he loves his cornerbacks and how they're able to, 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 to cover. But is there a sense that can they both can both teams be too overly aggressive? Because they have two offenses that can really, really go out there and make some plays. Yeah, well, the Niners secondary, they get in a lot of trouble for being over aggressive. Uh, mm-hmm. Talanoa Hufanga, their young second all year, world. all world, that kid is really, yeah. really good. Their, their safety, uh, fourth round pick, he, he can bite because he is so eager to ring people's bells. He yeah. gets a little bit in trouble. One little shoulder shimmy, one pump fake. All of a sudden, he's biting, and you got someone running behind him. Charvarius Ward, Mooney Ward, as they call him, their starting quarterback. He's been great for most of the year. He came over from Kansas City. He was Kansas City's number one corner last year. But he he gets in funks, and we we kind of we've seen it a little bit for the most for the totality of the season. A guy like Darius Slay has been pretty good, but there's been certain games where it's like, damn, Darius isn't on on his p's and q's today. Same thing happens every now and then with Ward. Now, Ward, again, he's aggressive. He's a great tackler for his position. But sometimes that aggressiveness bites him in the butt and you can go over top. So I think the aggressiveness really, really hurts the Niners in the secondary. But that linebacker core led by Fred Warner and Al Shire, they're they're so good. Fred Warner last week, honestly, is one of the most, like, impeccable – linebacking performances I've ever seen. He was just a madman out there covering every inch of the field. Right. Um, One guy who I think needs to step up and make some plays at the Niners want to have a chance is Nick Bosa. All we've been hearing all season long, Nick Bosa this, Nick Bosa that. He's probably going to win defensive player of the year. I've barely heard his name all postseason. And that's kind of been a – it hasn't really been a theme because they love him so much out here. He can't really do any wrong. So he hasn't really been criticized. And it's only been two games. So I'm not saying he should be thrown under the bus. But, you know, if he doesn't make plays this Sunday, the Niners and the Niners fan base should look back on this postseason and say Nick Bosa underperformed. He doesn't have a sack yet this year in the postseason. He's had two good postseason runs in previous years, but this year he does not have a sack yet. You're right, Jason. He got for me, for the 49ers. Howie Roseman won executive of the year yesterday, and he should have, for what he did building this team prior to the season starting, putting together the roster that they did. But the best in-season acquisition was Christian McCaffrey for the 49ers took a whole new dynamic to the offense, adding McCaffrey. He yeah, was not himself weird. last week. I, 35 I yards on 10 carries. We know he's got a calf issue. What Christian McCaffrey are the Eagles going to be facing this week? Well, he hasn't played, Eric played. He hasn't practiced all week. 
but he was asked yesterday, uh, what's the percentage that you won't be able to get out there? And he said zero. He's going to play, and I think he's going to be effective. I think he's – honestly, I think he's the best player on the 49ers offense. And they have a bunch of really good players. The offense was solid before he came, but they, they took another step, another level since he's been there. Uh, he's just – you know, when you can run it the way he runs it and then you can catch it out the backfield and when you're so versatile, it really just – it really exhausts the defense and the defensive coordinator because you always have to account for him. Um, so, I, you know, I think it will be fine, but that's been his issue his whole career. The one issue he's had is injuries. And if that calf slows him down, uh, that would be huge for the birds. But he really helped win them the game against the Cowboys. It was that – mid to late third quarter drive, the Niners' only touchdown drive. He was just eating up yards that entire drive. I think it was a 10-play, 93-yard drive for their first and only touchdown of the game. He was a big part of that drive. He finished it with a touchdown. They were just feeding him the ball. Um, He's critical. Like I said, I think he's their best player. Well, yeah, but the guy behind Elijah Mitchell, it's not like he's, you know, switch sheets. You know, he's he stepped up too. He's pretty dynamic himself. But you know, you look at their offense, they got so many weapons. And Shanahan does a great job of moving guys around to create matchups. And it's up to Gannon to, to, to you know combat that. As far as explosive plays, you know, and, and being able to go out there and really take advantage of that. Do you think Shanahan at this point holds the holds the you know the key, or or do you say Gannon can combat what they're doing as far as all the movement they do? Uh, you know, in, in their misdirection and, you know, everything else they do in offense? Well, I think Gannon, he has to be he has to be very intentional about his game plan. And, you know, there's some of the soft shell defenses that we've seen from the Eagles this year. I think that could hurt them. Because yes, yes. It, it, you know, the, the Niners can kill you in those underneath intermediate routes. They really can. And they also can kill you with the run after catch. Kittle, Samuel, McCaffrey, Brandon Ayuk, they are electric after the catch. They can make people miss and break break a seven-yard play into a 70-yard play. Now, I think the Eagles, I think they're pretty sure with their tackling. I mean, against the Colts, they had a little issues with tackling, but I think they'll be fine with the tackling, but it's those intermediate routes that they really need to worry about, those constant five to nine yard gains underneath and the quick slants that Kyle Shanahan runs a lot. Uh, I think Gannon really needs to focus on that. Uh, And Shanahan, he will expose you if you you play that soft shell defense and you're not aggressive. So that's what I don't think you have to be worried so much about the big play. I think it's more so those, those, intermediate routes in the middle of the field. Their best big play threat down the field is probably Brandon Ayuk, so you should keep an eye on him. But it's it's that middle of the field that the Eagles will have to worry about that the Niners could really, really have a field day if the Eagles aren't careful. You pointed out to us that uh, the number one sack guy in the NFL, by the way, tied for second, that would be Hassan Reddick here in Philadelphia, who's ready to get after uh, Mr. Purdy this week. If Bosa doesn't get home, if he doesn't get a sack, 49ers got any other chance to put pressure on Jalen Hurt? If not, who? who's the other guy in the 49er, either linebacking core or defensive lineman, do you think could actually get a big sack in this game? 
Uh, well, actually, I mean, it's a guy who's had a pretty rough week, Charles Amenahu, who uh, was arrested on Monday for domestic violence. Um, you know, he allegedly shoved his girlfriend to the ground in Santana Row, which is like the suburban square uh, of the Bay Area. It's one of those kind of ritzy, ritzy shopping centers that have some luxury apartments there, too. Uh, he has two sacks this postseason. He's leading. Uh, he's leading the team in sacks this postseason. He's a really good player, and he only plays about fifteen to twenty snaps a game. He's been having a really good season. He's one of those guys who who subs in and is just like a missile off off the edge. Um, so he he's a guy you have to look out for um, playing well this year. Uh, and then I said him earlier. He's not really a huge sack guy, but he really just. He dictates the whole game on defense is Fred Warner. I think he's the best linebacker in football. Um, but as far as sacks, I would say Charles Amenahu. When I when I looked at um when I sat down and watched film on on Fred Warner, man, he runs great sideline to sideline, and I don't know why teams run away from him because that's plays into his favor. He can go out there yeah. and make plays. I believe this offense of the Eagles is going to run at him. You know what I mean? Our right side is, is 300 and uh, 380 on one on left tackle, 360 on the right guard. I mean, why would you run away from him? Just run right at him, especially with Nick Bosa sitting out there. Run right at him. Can he hold up against a up and down, we're going north and south type of uh, type of offense with big defense line? Because we have made a living as far as, you know, our center blocking the second level. I think that's the most integral matchup we can talk about. Is the you know our center against all pro against your defensive linebacker all pro? Yeah, no, that's a great point. Now, can he hold up? Of course he can. He's he's an all pro, first team all pro linebacker. But if you have to attack him, that that's the way you do because he's going to run you down if you run away from him. Right, right. He's deceptively fast. Like he he runs like a gazelle, and then when he gets you. He makes you feel his presence. He hits hard. Uh, and he talks that talk. Every time he hits somebody, he's going to be yelling in your ear. Uh, he's really their emotional leader. Uh, I think the, I, the guy probably does about eight pregame talks a game. It's, it's, it's hilarious. <laughs> I do think running at him is the best way to combat him because his speed and agility and just the way he can cover sideline to sideline is his biggest strength. Well, I'm going to give you a little nugget, too. I'm, I'm going to tell you this. Nick Sirianni, head coach, has sent countless tape and film on how, um, you know, Ken Law and Armstead hold for him also. They hold and keep the guards from getting up on those backers as soon as they get up on those backers. So there's going to be something that, 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 um, that, that the referees and officiator are going to be looking for. So just let you know, that might become an issue throughout the game. Them hold, they hold better than I did when I was in office. Line, <laughs> the line. So just a little nugget for you guys and, you know, in the stream to look at when you're watching the game. All right. We will keep an eye on that one, Barry. Thanks for that tip. All right, Jason, you know, these guys, you know, these coaches for the 49ers covering them all year out there. They're some of the best coaches in the national football league. We know that D'Amico Ryan's got a chance to get a head coaching job this year. Shanahan is praised as maybe as good an offensive mind as there is in the national football league. The 49ers to this point have had to play 19 games, one extra because the Eagles got the bye week because they uh, had the best record in the NFL by one game over the Niners. The Eagles have played 18. 
do either of these two coaching staff have something left in their bag of tricks? Or is they, hey, we had to get to here first. You got to make it to the championship game to win the championship game. If they do, who's more likely to have it? Ryan's keeping something under wraps on defense that he'll unveil in the championship game or Shanahan with a wrinkle we've never seen out of the 49er offense before. It'll be Shanahan for sure because he's, he's extremely innovative. And I'm sure there's some, there's some personnel or packages that he hasn't really brought out. That I, maybe he's not even saving it for anything, but he just has it at his disposal. Um, now, even though he's innovative, he's, he also thrives with simplicity. He, he doesn't want to do too much. He, he wants to run the ball effectively and then maybe throw through wrinkles and some play-action passes out of that run game. Uh, so if the Eagles really bottle up that run game, then you might see him start getting a little innovative. But he, less is more with Kyle Cranahan. It really is. Uh, that's why I think it's key for the 49ers to get out to a good start. If they're playing from behind, I think it's going to be over for them because he doesn't as, – as good as I think Brock Purdy is and I think he's here to stay, Kyle hasn't really just had him – throwing downfield all game and opened up that playbook for him. He He's smart with how he uses Brock Purdy. I don't think it'd be an ideal situation if Brock Purdy has to play from behind and he has to really use his arm and will them to a win. Well, how's the health of this team? You know, right, right now the Eagles are the healthiest they've been all season. Uh, even though Lane Johnson is still on the report, Avante Maddox is still on the um, injury report. Uh, both have been practicing. Uh, Lane is Lane is good to go, and it looks like we may even get Avante Maddox back. If they get him back, then I mean it'd be the entire uh, complement of the defense playing again. Put CJGJ back at um, the safety position, Avante back in the slot. I can see this being you know a, a real aggressive call game by Gannon because everybody's starting to get healthy now. How's the health situation with uh, San Fran and their team? Um, yeah, so. The two running backs haven't practiced all week, but they're both going to play. Uh, I am surprised they haven't been practicing, uh, but I think it's more just precautious and, you know, they're just going to let them get their rest and they'll be ready to go on Sunday. But it is a little, you know, you perk your eyes up. It's like, oh, man, they haven't practicing all week. Elijah, who you mentioned earlier, be, who's a really, really good second-year player. Yes. And Christian McCaffrey. Uh, Charles Amenahu, who I mentioned uh, earlier, who has two sacks this postseason against the Seahawks. He got a strip sack that really changed the game. Um, he has an oblique injury. He's been limited in practice all week. Debo has been limited all week. But I think it's just that's just the nature of the game at this point in the season. Uh, banged up. All of those guys, uh, from everything I'm hearing, are going to play. Uh, so on the injury front, I think they're fine. But there's some guys who kind of your eyes. I think the Eagles are a little – a little healthier, but I don't think the Niners are in dire straits or anything. All right. You mentioned the two running backs. I'm going to go to the other running back who's only out there about 50% at a time, but it seems to me like the offense runs better when he's actually out there, which is Kyle Juszczyk. Nobody in the NFL uses a fullback anymore. Oh, except the 49ers, and they do quite successfully with Juszczyk on the field. He going to be a big part of this game on Sunday? Yeah, he could be, you know. I mean – 
like I said, Kyle likes using those intermediate routes, the middle of the field. He's also a great run blocker. He had no block for Christian McCaffrey. So, yeah, Kyle Juszczyk will be a factor. It's been the seven straight Pro Bowls. Granted, he doesn't have a ton of competition at that position, but he's been able to stick in the league and he's been able to become an elite fullback. And everyone says, you know, the Niners use the fullback, but that, I feel like that's kind of like passive aggressively a slight on him. They use the fullback because he's really good at it. He, he's just good. I think any team would use a fullback if he was on their roster. So, yeah, they're going to use him. He's a very smart player. He reminds me, obviously, two complete different positions, but just mannerisms and the type of attitude they bring to the team. He reminds me of a Jason Kelsey. He's kind of like the heartbeat of the team. He's kind of the brains of the operation. It's like he's an offensive lineman, but he's not. He gets people in place. He's a leader. Uh, you see him talking to Brock Purdy all the time. So, yeah, he's he's going to be used in one way or another. He's a very, very valuable part of that team. All right, Jason, last thing. The game will start noon Pacific time, 3 o'clock here on the East Coast. So are you working Sunday? If not, are we talking lunch here? Is yeah. there a place you can get a cheesesteak out there in San Francisco? What will be your dining pleasure while the Niners are playing the Eagles on Sunday? Well, first of all, no, there's no place I can get a cheesesteak out here. I won't even order one. <laughs> Good on you. I do, I do work, but I don't have to go into work till about four. I'm going to do the post game stuff. We have an hour long studio show that night at 10 o'clock that I host. So I'll be doing all the studio work, uh, but I'll be able to watch the game in the comfort of my own home. I'll probably order a pizza. Um, I, I'm kind of superstitious. And I've, as I've said on TV all week, when I'm asked by our anchors and stuff at the desk, am I conflicted? No, there's no confliction. Uh, I'm a Philadelphian, true and true. <laughs> I, can, I can do my job and be objective and, and still be professional with with also acknowledging that I'm from Philadelphia and I root for the Philadelphia teams and nothing's going to change that. So I'm going to watch in the comfort of my own home. Uh, I don't feel like being around a whole bunch of Niners fans. Uh, <laughs> energy, but I always have nervous energy. It's not because it's the Niners. I had nervous energy last week. I was at the link for the game against the Giants. So I'll be at the house in the comfort of my own home, watching on a big screen, chopping on some pizza and, you know, if the Eagles win, I might, might have a midnight green tie on uh, on the desk. On uh, see, that's what I was going to say. Make sure you take the green off before you go in. You don't have to go to 49 or red. Maybe a nice blue somewhere. In there. <laughs> you, you don't pick off anybody on either side. Yeah. Uh, you didn't pick us off today. You uh, entertained and gave us some great insight. Jason, thanks much. Enjoy the game on Sunday. Appreciate if it. The, if the Niners win, we'll probably get you back on next week. It won't be a happy time, but we'll get you back on next week to ask about their prep of the Super Bowl. Thanks for jumping in with us today. All right, Jody. I appreciate y'all, man. Thanks for having me. Have a good one. That bro. is Jason Dumas from KRON in uh, San Francisco, Channel 4. He doesn't even front. He just got, he's an eager guy. He's a Philadelphian. I can objectively read the, uh, the matchup between these two teams. Oh, rooting interest? You want to know rooting interest? He's rooting for the Eagles. He's going to be wearing green in the apartment, watching the game, and he'll go on TV. Jody, you've, you've always held, held claim to the Jets, and 
you know, you, you, you but you, you talk Eagles, you love Eagles, but you know, Jets are your squad, man. And, so, the, do- and the daughter gave me this Eagle hat to wear. She bought it for me for Christmas. She said, if you're doing Birds 365 every day, you should at least own an Eagle hat. I said, all right, thank you. I waited until championship Sunday to break it out. Okay, fine. Um, yes, we will come back here and Barrett and I will make our official picks. In case you weren't listening earlier, Mike Sealski came on, said, 2017 Eagles. John McMullen before he left said 24-23 Eagles. You'll see what Barrett Brooks and I think coming back next here on Birds 365. Hey Eagles fans, Tom Giordano from Pondley Hockey Giordano. Who's ready to get another one of these? But first, we got to take care of business and beat the 49ers this Sunday. Look, we know ticket prices are super expensive and really hard to get, so we're giving you an opportunity to win two free tickets to the NFC Championship game. So go to our Instagram right now for your chance to win two free tickets to the NFC Championship game this Sunday. And as always, thanks for watching the Pondley Hockey Post Game Show. Go Birds! Ambrosio doesn't need a special event to appreciate his customers. Jeff shows his appreciation to them every day of the year. Jeff makes sure to stock more new inventory than anyone and guarantees prices and payments that nobody can beat. There are so many reasons that thousands of customers know Jeff is the easy, friendly place to do business. More for their trades. No judgment zone for credit issues. The best, most reliable service department in the country. That's why I like Jeff, and I know you will too. Jeff will satisfy you every day. Jeff D'Ambrosio, Destination Downingtown, Owner Appreciation Event. My name is uh, Fran Solano. I'm a managing director here at DelVal Insurance Group. Been in the business for over 36 years, saving people money on their insurance needs. Give us a call. Let us help you custom design an insurance plan that meets both your needs and budget. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Post Game Show with Seth Joyner. I knew that they had a running game. Derek Gunn. He has put in the effort. Devin Caney. Had we not won the Super Bowl, what would we be saying? And Mike Missanelli. Well, you know how Philly is. Post Game, now streaming on the 6ABC family of apps.
final segment before Championship Sunday. The San Francisco 49ers are coming to Lincoln Financial Field to take on the Eagles. The Eagles earned, deserved home field advantage. Eagle fans, it's kind of on you. Uh, you need to make Brock Purdy's life more difficult on Sunday. Yep. We'll see. I, I think he's going to be up to the task and will not be rattled by the crowd. Doesn't mean I don't think the Eagles can win the game. Uh, I am going to give you the honors, Mr. Brooks. Um, give us your breakdown of how you think it plays out 3 o'clock Sunday afternoon, 49ers-Eagles at Link. You know, I don't care about people saying that, you know, I've, I've been on this for the past month and a half now. I've been telling everybody. I've even said it to you guys on several occasions. I just think that this 49ers team is a good team. Do I think they're a great team? No. Do they have a great defense? They have a very good defense. We have the best defense. We have the best offensive line. We have the better of the two quarterbacks. We have the best receivers. It's a wash, a tight end. They may have the best back. Other than that, I just think that this Eagles team is a far superior team. I love the coaching. I love how they go out there and, and handle their business. Eagles win, and Eagles win convincingly. Wow. I'm saying 27-18. Yeah, that's if a nine point more than a touchdown is convincingly. I do not think it's going to be convincingly. I think it's going to be really close. I think the two rosters are really close. I think the coaching staffs are close. I think Jalen Hurts is the better quarterback. He's the friggin' MVP. If uh, eight games into his career, Brock Purdy is rivaling uh, Jalen Hurts, that's pretty quick uh, ascent out of Brock Purdy. And I don't think he's going to be the reason that the 49ers lose this game. I think he's going to play well. I think he's going to play comparably to Jalen Hurts. This will probably rattle some Eagle fans. I think it's going to be a big defensive play in an aggressive style, which people knock Jonathan Gannon on. He's not aggressive enough. Um, Late touchdown drive by Brock Purdy into the end zone, Cuts the deficit to two points. They have to go for two. And he tries to throw a quick slant to Debo Samuel and James Bradbury. On borderline pass interference coverage, flag does not come out of the referee's pocket. Knocks the ball down. (laughs) Eagles hold on to win 28-26. Comparable games out of Jalen Hurts and Brock Purdy. But the biggest defensive play of all is made by the Eagles in the final minute of the game, keeping the 49ers from tying up. So I'm going 28-26. You went 28-19? Is that the, the score you gave me? 27-18. 27-18, Barrett. I got 26, 28-26, Eagles. All right, so we all picked the Eagles to win. You, me, Sielski, and McMullen. All picked the Eagles to win. Uh, some of us are a little closer than others. You got the most... Uh, lopsided if that's the way you want to describe that's how i'm describing i should let you pick your own word what did you say again you said um 27 28 27 18 no what was the descriptive adjective you used handily convincingly convincingly Convincingly. so barrett Barrett, a little bit more confident than any of us uh I, i truly i think they control the game i think they control the game control the narrative um i think they keep that 49ers defense on the field a lot longer than uh than anybody else has. And, you know, Jalen Hurts plays like Jalen Hurts and calm, cool, collected. Engineers offenses where it's long drives. You know, it's going to take them having long drives uh, and, you know, saying 
eating up as much clock as they can, put them in a position where they're going to have to throw the ball to get back into it. And that's when the defense starts feasting. That's when they start eating. So you will be down there uh, hopping on a post-game show afterwards. You'll be here later on this afternoon. Oh, by the way, either of your two partners going to pick the 49ers? No. Ellis or Gunn? No chance, right? No. Uh, they couldn't be on the show with me if they did. Be <laughs> <laughs> tuned for Sports Take later on this afternoon with Barrett, Derek, and uh, Rob Ellis. Uh, John and I will be back Monday, hopefully in prep of the two-week buildup to the Super Bowl. Either way, we're going to need you back here Monday on Birds 365 and 2 and 2. Big days, that is. You've been listening to Birds 365, the destination for the passionate Eagles football fan who bleeds green. If it's Eagles football, we're talking about it. Debate inside the locker room and guests that are some of the greatest football minds from around the region. We hope you enjoyed the show. We know we had a blast. Make sure to like, comment, and subscribe. And we'll be back soon. But in the meantime, hook up with us on social media at Jacob Sports. See you next time on Birds 365. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.